Welcome. This is the Life Habits Podcast Series, and my name is Carl Vradenberg. This is the series that helps you to learn new habits to optimize your life in order to stay sane in this crazy world. This is episode number 29, and the topic for today is leadership. Let's start off, as we usually do, with a series of quotes. The first is by Harold McClendon, who says, Do not follow where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. That's a quote that was on my desk for many, many, many years and one that I firmly believe in. The next is by Thomas J. Watson Sr. He says, Nothing so conclusively proves a man's ability to lead others as what he does from day to day to lead himself. Dwight Eisenhower said, Leadership is the art of getting someone else to do something you want done because he wants to do it. Peter Drucker says, Management is doing things right. Leadership is doing the right things. Publius Cyrus says, Anyone can hold the helm when the sea is calm. Arnold Glasgow says, One of the true tests of leadership is the ability to recognize a problem before it becomes an emergency. And finally, Napoleon Bonaparte said, A leader is a dealer in hope. Now, as you can probably also surmise from these quotes, is that leadership can apply to a variety of situations and a variety of roles. You might think of the very obvious ones first, so leaders of countries, leaders of you know, corporations and organizations in uh, business. But it also applies to some of the things that you may not immediately think of when you say the word leadership. It also applies in situations like the one of being a parent, working with your children. It also applies to people in sports settings, in university settings, in other social situations as well. And I might also add that also it doesn't apply to only people who are in a defined leadership role. It also applies to what are often referred to as emerging or emergent leadership situations where it isn't necessarily the person that is defined as the official deemed leader role but it's somebody who just has the appropriate leadership qualities that takes control, that exudes leadership qualities, and others, as a result, follow them. So think about this whole topic of leadership as one that is a set of attributes and skills that you can have and also, very importantly, develop and practice, as I always say in these sessions, and practice on a regular basis, and then get really good at them. And after you've practiced them for significant periods of time, they become habits, life habits, that then you can apply to any situation very easily because it will become your second nature to react to situations, to carry out and plan what you're going to be doing 
based on some of the ideas that I'll be giving you in this episode. So as usual, I've come up with a top 10 list. And let me just also remind you that the quotes and the top 10 lists of all of the episodes that we've been doing over the many, many months we've been doing this podcast series are available on the show notes site, which is available at lifehabits.net. You'll notice a tab on that website, quotes and top 10 lists that give you the quotes for each segment and also the top 10 list. Uh, And they're also available if you use an iPhone or a iPod Touch. You can just touch the screen on those devices and you can get the information there as well while the session is going. And if you don't have one of those devices, you can go into iTunes as well and click on the Get Information and then look on the Lyrics tab and you can get the information there as well. So don't feel pressured to have to write down these ideas as we go. They are available in other areas as well. So let's start down the top 10 list that relates to developing skills and habits to make you a better leader. The first is focus on people. It's very common for especially people who are in leadership positions, formal leadership positions, to forget this one, that they are fundamentally leaders of people. And you can get really caught up in the numbers. You can get caught up in, you know, the the, the substance of whatever the deliveries are or the business is of uh, the, the topic that you're dealing with in your leadership role. You have to remember that fundamentally leaders are leaders of people and those are individual people that have their own ideas, that have their own skills, that have their own fears, that have their own concerns, and have their own sense of, you know, the directions that may be appropriate. They also are often, especially in more trying times, looking to others and looking to their leaders to provide some level of structure, to provide some level of hope, to provide some level of direction for the work that's going to be done, as well as in the other situations that you may be in as well, situations too, like a, uh, like a situation where, for example, you're in a work group, you know, with a bunch of students at university or in uh, high school. You may need to, you know, work together to get an assignment done, for example. And that situation, too, that's where an emergent leader can focus on the people. Where are they coming from? You know, which ones are the busiest? Which ones have the best ideas in the group? Uh, What really is the objective of the exercise? And, and, And the essence of it here is to really leverage what you know about and the way that you're going to be working with the individual people involved. Because, as I said earlier people are really the fundamental of leadership. Number two is sort of related to that, and that is to provide vision. Again, in 
good times and in bad, and in situations where there may be lots of time to do the thing that you're doing together in the work group or whatever, in the situation that you're in. It's always important for a leader, whether the official one or an emergent one, to provide the leadership to others in the group as to where they could be going. This is a case where the leaders of countries, for example, need to reinforce and drive and provide a picture of what the future may be. It can be and has to be somewhat far-reaching. It has to be a very hopeful, very desirable vision. It has to be described in such a way that everyone that is listening can visualize that vision and that future, that they will do any number of things in their own power to help make that vision a reality. That's critical in situations involving leadership. So as the leader, you need to first make sure you have a vision, that you really have a notion of where the group of people that you're leading should go, could go in the future. Set that direction. And, and this isn't the plan. The plan comes later. The, the, you need to have a way of getting there. You need to have the practicalities of how to get there. You need to be putting together you know, schedules or work assignments and a variety of things like that, a division of labor. All of that is important, but the first thing you need to have is that vision. And as a leader, if you don't have that vision, as one of the quotes had mentioned as well, you're not going to be able to lead. People who are listening to you will know that you don't actually have a vision. And People generally follow others that really give them a, sen a sense of purpose, give them a sense of direction, give them a sense of vision, give them a sense of where are they going to go and what can they do to get on board with a direction that they truly believe in. So you as a leader need to first formulate that vision. Of course, you don't have to do that alone. You can do that with a select group of people, for example, that you trust and really admire for their knowledge and, and insight. You want to pull together whomever and whatever you need to determine what that vision should be. But once you have established that and you're now comfortable that you're there, that's the time to articulate that vision and that can be done in a variety of ways. But one of the most important ways as a leader is to communicate that vision in a variety of different ways and do it regularly. Also, don't just assume that you need to you know, do that at the beginning of the year and you've then articulated that and assume that it's now stuck and that's all you need to do. That's not the way it works. You need to fundamentally reinforce that vision at all times. You need to say it at the beginning of when you first formulated it. You need to reinforce it over time on a regular basis, and you need to make sure that all the other communication that you have been doing is also linked to that vision as well. So a critically important aspect of leadership is dealing with other people and having a vision and being able to communicate it clearly 
regularly and in a fashion that everybody can on a regular basis visualize that direction that you want to go in and then everybody will also get behind the things that need to be done to make that vision a reality. Number three is to link that vision to your operation, whatever that operation is. This can again be, you know, a situation where you're dealing with, you know, other parents in a uh, situation with regard to parents and teachers. You can be dealing with a group of other students in a university setting. You can be a leader or a manager in a company. Uh, You can also be a coach of a sports team. In all of those situations, you need to take that overall vision you set for the group and now be concrete about how you're going to achieve that vision in the operation that you're running. Now you need to identify who is going to do what, when, and again, there too, depending on the kind of group you're dealing with, you can also have them help define who does what, but keeping very, very close watch on what the overall vision is and how you're going to achieve it with the people in the group, with the work that needs to be done to achieve that vision. Number four is exude passion. In order to really get a group of people behind what you're trying to accomplish, the vision that you'd like to realize, you've got to have your own heart in it. You've got to communicate in a way that also demonstrates that you have your heart in it. And you also fundamentally need to live that vision as well. Passion for a topic, passion for achieving a vision is infectious. If you can communicate effectively with passion, you're going to increase the likelihood that everybody that is in the group that you're leading will also share your passion as well. What's key here too is when you really can excite, if you can really engage, if you can really drive a level of fervor toward achieving a particular vision, People who you're leading will do any number of things to help achieve that vision, including doing things that they may normally in the past have not felt comfortable doing. In the past, they may have complained about, oh, yes, but they'd want to do this and they'd want to do that. And other times they may not have thought that doing the things that now are going to be part of you achieving this vision, that they didn't think that those were the right things to do, may have been of a different sort of philosophy of what you're actually articulating. But if you're a good leader and you have a really clear vision that is one that lots of people would like to achieve as well, and you communicate it and live it with passion, you can get people to follow that direction, even if it's inconsistent with their fundamental philosophies, even if it involves having to carry out certain types of actions that normally wouldn't be what they would most desire. You can pull a whole group of people together to collectively accomplish things that 
are far beyond what any individual or those individual groups of people together may not have been able to accomplish at all without this vision, with this passion that you as a leader can provide them. So critical, critical focus on the people, the vision, mapping the vision to your operation and exuding passion. Number five is focus on value and values. What's key here is if you're in, for example, a business setting, you want to communicate the vision as I've talked about. You want to also map it to the value of the business that you're running, meaning What will be the outcome that will be so significant to the stakeholders of the organization? So in some cases, that could be customers or stakeholders or other employees in the organization. The things that we've been talking about thus far, mapping those to the business value that they will provide and the net increase in uh, results that you will achieve from that is key It's also the case in other settings as well. So if you're doing a uh, a work group that is getting together to do an assignment at university or high school or any other situation, at uh, even a parent-teacher one, you now want to articulate what the objectives of the exercise are. You've articulated the vision of what we're going to be able to achieve. You want to also make sure that you map it to the net result that will come from this and the value that that will provide to the relevant stakeholders or the people that are going to be getting the results of it. And I also mentioned values because you want to also think through fundamentally what you and the rest of the group really consider our core values that as a group, you all want to ensure that you maintain, whether it's fairness, whether it's teamwork, you know, whether it's being ethical, uh, whether it's being really driving at some core principles that, uh, an organization may have defined in the past. So everything you're talking about here, you want to drive the appropriate outcome that is linked to the uh, people that will be realizing the benefit of that outcome and also the values that you and the rest of the team really also espouse. Number six is to plan yearly, monthly, and weekly. So you've now done all of the setting up You've now looked at the operation and how you're going to make a reality the vision that you've articulated. Once you've done all that, you also want to make sure that you have a plan that includes you're going to achieve what, by when, with whom. And you want to check that regularly as well. Number seven is related to that, and that is to measure your progress. You now have a plan. You now have some dates that you want to achieve various elements that are in that plan. You now also want to identify what you're going to measure to see whether you're making progress and whether you have met the goals that you set yourself out at the start with for achieving the vision that you articulated. So if you have a notion of what will be a definition 
or a realization of having achieved those goals. Those are the things you need to measure. You don't have to be really elaborate on this, but you need to all fundamentally agree within the overall group what you're going to use as your yardstick, because then you can use that to determine whether you're making appropriate progress. You're also going to be able to identify where you need to make changes. And as I said off the top, you want to also make sure that you're keeping in line with your vision. This is a case where once you really get this thing into an operational plan and you also are now executing on it on a regular basis, you're now measuring it, seeing how you're doing with it, you can also very easily lose sight of the overall vision, the overall mission, the overall objective that you had. So you need to revisit that on a regular basis to really make sure that you're not just carrying out these tasks because the tasks need to be carried out. You fundamentally are carrying out the tasks in order to achieve the vision that you set out as well. And as a leader, you need to, as I said earlier, restate on a regular basis that vision and link it regularly to the work that's being done and the achievements that are being made in achieving that vision. Number eight is to modify the course. It's almost always going to be the case that you're going to run into some speed bumps. You're going to run into some some, uh, situations that you hadn't anticipated. You need to change the course as a result. You don't just blindly execute on the plan that you set for yourself. But how do you modify that course? You modify the course with a view to the vision you set and what will need to be done to change the course to achieve even more effectively the vision you set for yourself. Number nine is be authentic. This one's really important as a leader. When you articulate vision, when you deal with the other people in your group that you're leading, you really need to believe in what you're doing. You need to be open about what you're doing. You need to be able to communicate on a regular basis with the people that you're leading. And you need to make sure that you're not describing and communicating something you fundamentally don't believe in, or you don't want to communicate in a way that is unnatural to you, because that'll be apparent. People can see through instances where a leader is trying to pull the wool over their eyes. When a leader is communicating one thing, but really meaning another. You're dealing with people and you're wanting to achieve a common vision, it's critically important for the leader to be truthful, to align their own views with the views of the organization's vision, and to be authentic in all their dealings with the team that they're leading. Critically important element of being a leader. Lastly, Number 10 is to collaborate with other leaders. Whether this is a case of leading your own home as a parent, let's say. You want to get together with other parents every once in a while. Share experiences. Get their insight. If you're a coach of a, league, a little league team, get together with other coaches. Get their insight into what they find works best, what some of the common problems may be. 
If you're a leader or a manager in a business setting, don't just spend all your time with your own team that you're leading. Also spend some time with people who have the same role, whether it's a defined role or the emergent one, as I talked about earlier. Want to spend some time with people that are like-minded, that are experiencing similar challenges, because you can learn an awful lot from them. And I'd also suggest that you also identify some leaders that you want to learn from. Whether this is a formal mentoring relationship, and I advise you to set that up as well. I have that with some leaders that I admire and that I'd like to get insight from directly. Now, you can have that kind of a formal mentoring relationship with someone, but you can also identify leaders that you really admire, whether it's politicians, whether it's, you know, people that are doing, you know, wonderful things in the world in, uh, in improving the world, let's say, whether it's a, you know, coach that you really admire or some other leader in the environment that you live in and work in identify, you know, one or more people that you're really going to observe. And whether you end up having, like I said, you know, a mentoring relationship with them where you can ask them questions and like, or whether you're just, you're just going to watch them, listen to their speeches, listen to the way they communicate, listen to the way that they deal with questions from people who are asking them to elaborate or who challenge what it is that they're communicating. Listen to the way that they handle that. Listen to the way that they stay focused on the overall vision that they're setting out. Listen to the way that they translate that vision into an operational plan. Listen to the way that they reset the course and how they'll be open to others' ideas that may occur as well while they're working on their uh, work and getting a sense of the difference in the way that they originally articulated the vision and how maybe they need to slightly modify it because they have great ideas from the group as well. Those are all things that you can learn by observing great leaders. So you can either or both observe other leaders, but also I would suggest that you also get together on a regular basis with people who are in a similar situation to yours as a leader so you can exchange ideas as well. So that's the topic of leadership. Very, very important set of ideas. Very, very important role within many, many organizations. Groups can be completely lost without an appropriate leader. And that doesn't mean necessarily that you need to have, as the quotes had articulated in a work setting, for example, having a manager. A manager does not necessarily equal a leader. Ideally, managers should be leaders, but they aren't necessarily always. And I said before too, a leader is not necessarily somebody who officially has a leadership title either. So if you foster the ideas that I've articulated in this session, whether you are in a formal leadership position or whether you really want to just develop these skills and then apply them in situations where they're needed, even if you're not in a leadership position, I strongly advise you to go through the top 10 items that I've given you here and choose one or two of these to work on 
this coming week. The best way to develop new life habits and to further hone them is to do them. You need the ideas. The ideas can come from this session and these, this overall series. But as I've mentioned many times before, in order to really get good at this stuff, you really need to do it. So I'd suggest that you choose what you're going to work on with regard to this topic this coming week and do it. I'd also suggest, as I regularly do, to get back to me with any ideas you have, any feedback you may have, any suggestions you may have for future episodes in this overall series. And you can write to me at lifehabits at gmail.com. You can also make comments and ratings and get in contact with me on the show notes site as well, which is at lifehabits.net. And of course, you can always get this podcast and subscribe to the overall series in iTunes by just searching on the title of this session. So that's the end of this session. We'll talk to you all next time. Bye for now.